Welcome to the Lincoln Baptist Daily Reading Program. Today is day 273, meaning we're reading Daniel chapter 1 and 2. That's us entering a brand new book in the Bible. Luke chapter 2 in the first 21 verses and then finishing off today with Psalm 115. Now, as we go into Daniel, I have preached a significant series on this. You can find it on our church website, lincolnbaptist.co.uk, or you can listen in to SoundCloud podcast or Spotify to listen into that series. But today we read, when Nebuchadnezzar began his conquest of Judah in 605 BC, he deported a number of Jews to Babylon, including Daniel and his friends, who were probably teenagers at the time. God blessed Daniel and gave him important places of service under four different rulers who represented three different kingdoms throughout the book of Daniel. Now, when you read about Daniel, you meet a man of God who was faithful to the Lord and glorified him in the enemy's land. The emphasis in Daniel is on the sovereign will of God in the affairs of nations. In a series of dreams and visions later in the book, God showed Daniel the course of Gentile history until the establishing of the promised kingdom on earth. Now let's head into chapter 1. The world always wants the best, but these young men determined to give their best to the Lord. It is possible to serve the Lord even in a foreign country. Think of Joseph in Egypt and Esther in Persia. Don't complain about the place where God puts you. Instead, ask him to use you while you are there. The world wants to change you and make you a conformer, but God can help you become a transformer of others. Daniel and his friends had a new home, strange new names, new teachings, and were even offered a new diet, but they kept the same heart's dedication to the Lord. God can give us favour in difficult times. Daniel was courteous to his guards and did not create problems for them. He was following the counsel of Jeremiah and for the example of Joseph. When everything in our lives are upset and we find ourselves in new circumstances that we ultimately can't control, we're to look at what Daniel does here and follow the lead of Daniel. We're to lovingly be faithful to our Lord. As we head into Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar could conquer empires, but he could not conquer his own anger. He understood how to defeat the enemy, but he could not understand the message of God. Daniel had patience and self-control, and he could explain the mysteries of God to Nebuchadnezzar. A pure heart is better than a powerful throne. Daniel and his friends knew the God of heaven who is merciful, who answers prayers, who reveals secrets and who establishes rulers and will one day set up the eternal kingdom. And because the four men could come to God's throne, they had no fear of Nebuchadnezzar's throne. When they explained the dream, Daniel gave the glory to God and shared the credit with his three friends. He also saved the lives of the king's wise men when he could have exposed them as frauds. The presence of a believer can mean deliverance for unbelievers. Daniel brought significant change to the lives of unbelievers and he did it to the glory of God. I wonder, could we say the same things in our lives? As we head into Luke chapter 2, I'm not going to touch on this too much, but the birth of Christ cannot be escaped. His birth affected Caesar's politics, the ministry of the angels and even the activities of common men. Isn't that incredible that a single child could change the world from the instant he was born? And that is the wonder of Jesus Christ, that rulers, that common men, that the land itself all honour the birth of Jesus Christ. It's incredible, really. And as we build towards Christmas, I think it's less than 100 days now, we're going to be looking at that story more and more in the next few months. We want to wrap up today with Psalm 115. And I think this Psalm raises two important questions. 
Where do we place our God? Where do we place the eternal God? Uh, Gentiles visiting Jerusalem had uh, idols. They could point to their idols. They could say who made them. They could say what those idols did. And they could say how those idols were, quote, powerful in their lives. However, where is our God? Where do we point to? Do we point to the eternal father? Do we point to his great works in our lives? The second question, though, I think is even more important. What is our God like? Again, when there was idols, these Gentiles could point to their idol and they could say what that God was like, that false idol, what it would do, what was the power in it. And we know as Christians there was no power in it. But when we point to God, what are we saying to people God is like? Are we saying he's merciful, gracious, loving, caring? Essentially, what is your view of the eternal God, the one whom you serve? Let's pray together. Father, we pray as we consider that question our view of you. We pray that we would be captivated by your love, by your care, by your compassion, by your power, by your creative design. Father, we pray that we would wholeheartedly serve you in this foreign land, that we would be like Daniel and his friends, and that we would point to King Jesus as the true ruler, and therefore we would not fear men on this earth. And Father, we pray this in the power of your name. Amen.